Welcome to the Conquer Your Battlefield podcast, where we come together to discuss some of the more significant struggles and metaphorical battlefields that we've faced along our journeys and share some insight on how we've conquered them. I'm JD McGibney, and today I'll be chatting with one of my favorite singers in hard rock and heavy metal today. She's a powerhouse performer, a master of the stage, and owner of some of the coolest hair and show business. How are you doing today, Alex? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful sunny day here in LA, so hard to complain. It's cold in New York. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Well, good thing you guys got uh, some really good pizza to keep you warm. That is true. We do have good people. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about depression. Now, this is a mental illness that has come up a few times in previous conversations on this podcast, and it affects millions of people across the globe. To give it an exact definition, depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest. Also called major depressive disorder or clinical depression, it affects how you feel, think, and behave and can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, depression affects about 17 million people 18 years or older in a given year. 1.9 million children ages 3 to 17 are diagnosed with depression. According to the World Health Organization, depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Having roots in a wide variety of sources from chemical imbalance to traumatic experiences, depression is a very prevalent mental illness in the world today. An unfortunate reality uh, that many people face is that they are unaware that they're even dealing with depression and therefore do not receive the help that they may need. Alex, Speaking to you in private, you mentioned that you have personal experiences dealing with depression. Listening to a lot of your songs, uh, the lyrics uh, seem to be very introspective, contemplative of inner struggle, and tend to uh, end in reassurance that you can prevail over whatever it is that you're facing. Do you find that your music tends to be a way for you to make sense of the emotions that you might be struggling with? Yeah, definitely. Um, so before I started, you know, the project that is Alex, I used to do theater and I would write songs on the side and it was always for myself, like to kind of be my own, you know, motivational speaker and just to kind of, in like a therapeutic kind of way. So I used to just, I wrote for myself and I never really released any of my stuff really. Like my friends knew about it. And, um, as I like got older and I started being like, okay, well, you know, this, I really want to like show this to the world and see if like, maybe it can help other people as well. And yeah, a lot of my songs, it's funny. Cause when I write, I write on piano first and I usually come up with like the music before the lyrics. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes like the lyrics will just kind of come out like naturally, like whatever topic is apparently brewing in my subconscious. And yeah. And then I realized, okay, like, why am I saying the things that I'm saying. And then I end up just kind of therapeutically getting everything out. Fantastic. Um, you said that when you first started writing music, uh, like original music, you were doing it kind of like on the side as like your own uh, source of, of therapy. Uh, is that something that kind of just you felt inclined to do? Or is it something like someone suggested that you, you might do? No, I just kind of, it just kind of happened. I mean, you know, music is such a powerful thing and like it affects people in such different ways. Like, you'll, you know, depending on your mood, like you'll listen to certain songs and it just makes you feel a certain way. 
And I've always, you know, I've always musical. So I felt like it's just, it was one way to, I used to write poetry too. So like, mm -hmm. I felt like it was just like a progressive step into like getting my feelings out. And also like, I'm not one to discuss my feelings. Like I'm very quiet and like, I'm not a very um, emotional person, I would say. So my songs are like my therapy and that's how I, you know, get out everything that I'm feeling. I, I, I'm noticing just through like having conversations with, you know, fellow artists and like doing this podcast that uh, a lot of a lot of musicians, a lot of artists in general tend to uh, not really be the kind of people to like just openly talk with like their friends, family and like loved ones about like how they're feeling. They're just like, yeah, things are great. And like they usually tend to, you know, try to be like, uh, you know, the rock, you know, for the, the ones that they care about and like their their uh, their therapy their outlet has always ends up being their their music and I, I think that's an interesting uh, trend uh, especially amongst the creative creative people. Um, so to go a little bit more in depth about like your your personal relationship with depression, do you want to elaborate a little bit like how how sure. it has touched you? So I mean, there's obviously different variations of depression. So for me, like I'll notice. I don't know. That happened a lot like last year, uh, you know, the pandemic, like definitely mm. brought that back, <laughs> but um, it's just, it gets to a point where like, you know, the typically, you know, you don't want to do anything. You have no energy. Um, you just have like no motivation to do anything. And then, so like, there's that aspect. And then there's another aspect where like things are going well, like things are, like, you should be happy and you just, you're not like, it just, most people I would say would be super excited to be you know, doing what it is that you're doing and you're just like in your own head, like being like, well, I don't deserve this. Like second guessing everything, like, and just like sad. You're like, why am I sad? Like I should be happy, but it just, sometimes like your brain just kind of like gets out of that. And like, if you don't kind of like get ahead of the hump, it just kind of just gets worse. So I've noticed, like, I've had that, I would say like throughout my whole life, like just like little spurts of things like that. But Again, the pandemic really like that just that screwed me up bad. Oh yeah, no, there there's uh that was definitely rough in so many, so many different ways. But in the in the concept in the, ah, sorry, in the context <laughs> of you know, basically everyone just being forced to be inside and quarantine and you know, a lot of a lot of people just by themselves or maybe with like one or two other people, you know, like most of the time you're stuck with your own thoughts. You're stuck with yourself. There's no, uh, there's no distractions. You know, a lot of, a lot of businesses, a lot of work was, was, you know, closed. So we were all kind of just stuck in our heads. Uh, I, I can totally relate to that whole feeling of, you know, just sitting there with your thoughts and kind of going into that spiral of like analyzing and overanalyzing and getting stuck going down that rabbit hole of, Oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Or like second guessing, you know, maybe I should have, you know, move to Wyoming instead of, you know, wherever I am right now. So it, it sounds like the, the with the past like year or two, like with, with uh, COVID and like the pandemic and everything that really was like a, a really strong uh, pit where like depression kind of uh, hit you pretty, pretty heavily. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that, um, you feel that you were able to take channel that those feelings into something a little bit more like positive and, and creative in order to help you work through it. Yeah, definitely. So 
I had written a song called Lose It All. And I released that with my EP in like 20, I think it was 2018. I should probably check that. But um, yeah, so that was in my um, EP. And it was like a, like a hard rock song. But when I originally wrote it, it was more like orchestral. And during the pandemic like that, the lyrics came back. And I was like, you know what? Let me, I want to release it the way I intended. And like, so I released Lose It All Reimagined. And it's definitely like a more like emotional version of the song, which is kind of how it originally was. And so I took everything and put it into that. And I released that, was it 2020? Yeah, in 2020 in like November. So that was like a positive way to kind of deal with everything. But you know, the the thing about the pandemic, it was like, every time you'd like tried to like plan something, like put your heart into something, it got taken away again. You're like, okay, like, and then it was just kind of like that constant battle of like, you're already like hesitant to do something to begin with. And then it was like, just kidding. And just like a whole lot of uncertainty and, you know, wondering if things will ever go back to normal. And like you said, the isolation didn't help. Oh yeah. No, it, it's like one of, one of the, the difficult things, one of the hardest things to deal with, like, uh, you know, depression is to, you know, go into one of those spirals. Cause it's really hard to come out of it. Cause you know, anyone that's been in some sort of like depressed uh, depression or like anxiety, like loop, you just keep going. And like, it's really hard to like bring yourself back into, into the moment. Um, but sitting here talking to you now and just following you on social media, it seems that you were, you know, even amidst your, your struggles, you were always able to like bring yourself back to see, to see the light. Do you, how do you feel? What do you feel? was your biggest uh what do you think helped you the most stay on the positive side of things and ultimately defeat that feeling of depression honestly my family like I have like the best support system my family has always just been so supportive and my boyfriend and everything has just been like you know every time you get in that little funk they just are there to constantly remind you and just like help you through it and I think yeah I mean I know some people that go to therapy and things like that. The funny thing is I'm usually that therapist for my friends. So like when things are going wrong, everybody comes to me and I give them the advice. Um, but when things go wrong with me, like I, I go to my family and they help me through everything. So that's really wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, pointing that out, um, it's, and really happy to hear that you feel comfortable going to, you know, your, your family and, and your boyfriend, you know, um, like you said earlier, you're not necessarily the kind of person who feels comfortable opening up about that kind of thing. But hearing that you do have uh, that support system and that you're aware of it, that's that's a really big thing. You know, a lot of people who who battle with depression or or any kind of mental illness, you know, oftentimes don't feel comfortable opening up to those that are closest to them just because they don't want to they don't want to feel like a burden or they, they don't feel like they're worthy enough to, to have that. But, you know, it, it sounds like you don't have that. Uh, you don't have that struggle, which is an amazing thing. And that right, that right there is an amazing accomplishment. And I, I, I want to commend you for pointing that out right now for anyone who's watching or listening. Yeah. And like, I am so grateful that I have them and it's, you know, I know some people, like you said, like they don't want to be a burden. They don't want to feel like they're, you know, imposing on anything. But like, if you, you'll, there's definitely someone in your life that loves you unconditionally and will, you know, help you. And if for any reason you don't have that, 
you know, therapy is a great thing to do, like talking to an outside source where they have like an unbiased opinion and they can really help you. And they know people that are in your similar situation and they can give you advice and help you with things like that. Like I'm, you know, a huge advocate for therapy. I just don't personally do it myself because I'm very fortunate that I have my family that I can go to, you know? Wonderful. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. You know, and sometimes, you know, pointing out the, the going to a professional, going to a therapist, you know, for those who don't necessarily want to, you know, feel like a burden to their, their loved ones, going to someone who is uh, unbiased, someone that's, you know, for all intents and purposes, a stranger, somebody don't have to worry about uh, any social repercussions. You don't have to worry about like any potential damaging of, of a relationship. You can just talk to them about whatever it is that you're thinking and feeling and you have that freedom and being someone that, you know, has gone to therapy and is going to therapy, you know, I personally feel that freedom. Like, you know, I, I have felt that, oh, I don't want to be a burden to like my family. I don't want to be a burden to my friends or like my romantic partners. Uh, having that freedom to talk to someone as if I was talking to myself, but saying it out loud and kind of holding myself accountable has done wonders to like help me work through a lot of, a lot of things. Amazing. Yeah. Um, you said that you had meant, uh, you had started, uh, uh, before you were a uh, doing the solo project of, of Alex, you were in theater before that. Um, I miss, when did you first get into doing theater? Um, I did my first professional show in the city when I was 11. Oh, wow. That's very young. Yeah, I was a little theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> Brava and Mazel Tov. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, uh, I spent like, my life doing it. What was that? I spent about half my life doing theater. Oh, wow. That's that's very impressive. What, um, what is it that drew you away from, uh, do you do theater still or? No. <laughs> oh, so then I will continue with my question. What is it that drew you away from doing theater to doing, uh, basically like the rock band thing? Um, I guess, you know, I just, I kind of lost that connection to it. Um, how do I say this? I like theater. I think theater is fun. Um, I enjoyed doing it, but I just got to a point where like, I was kind of tired of singing other people's songs. And to be honest, you know, it's very rare that I do a show where I love like every song. And I know that sounds so like, uh, but it just, I, I guess I just lost my love for it, my passion. And, you know, the more I was like writing my own songs, I, my friends were like, you should put this out. And then my friends would always joke, be like, why are you not a band? And I was like, I don't know, like theater. <laughs> just, that was all I knew. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's funny. Like, I feel like the second I kind of put that, you know, in one chapter and closed that book and moved on to the next one, I was happier. And again, like, obviously, you know, things coming, like my mental state goes every now and then, but I just, I feel genuinely happier doing my own music. So, you know, it, it sounds like you, uh, you found your voice to throw in a pun here. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that originally uh, connected you to theater? Like, what was it that like drew you in and, and like, gave you that, that love for that art? I guess. Um, so I started dancing. I was a dancer first and then realizing I could sing when I was like six or five or six. And then just, I don't know, I guess the connection to it and the whole, you know, singing, dancing, acting, doing all of that and the drama of it. Um, 
I, you know, I, I loved the music when I was growing up. So it was just the, you know, the combination of everything. And I loved doing it all, but um, I don't know, I guess as I got older, I was just kind of, eh. <laughs> I mean, well, listening to, you know, listening to your, the music that you write now, watching the music videos that you've put out, you definitely still like you perform like you're, you know, you're in a rock band, you're singing these rock songs, you know, these metal songs, but you genuinely put in your, like your all, you put your entire heart into like anything that I've heard or watched. And, you know, it, it definitely still seems like you're, you're taking that performance aspect, but it sounds like you, um, you're fine tuning those skills that you, you learned and picked up and, and hone during your your days in theater and in that level of performance uh and you you made it your own and you're you're being true to yourself but you're still taking what you you basically started doing as like a child yeah definitely i mean one of the big things i used to do like in like theater camps and all this stuff is when you were singing a song like i had one coach actually a couple but one that i'm thinking of he had us like write out our the lyrics to the song and then read it as a monologue. And uh, so and the thing about theater, like they take so much time into what the lyrics are, why they're saying this, what's the intention. So you, so you can basically read it as a story. So when I write lyrics, I mean, I'm not necessarily writing it as like a poem, so to speak, but I try to make sure that, that I'm saying something for a reason and I'm connecting with what I'm saying, which I think also is like that therapeutic kind of thing mm -hmm. where it's like, really my words that I'm saying um but there are I mean there, I do have some songs where I've been influenced by like I said I'm my friend's therapists so like my friends would be telling me about their situation and then I would incorporate what they're doing with something I can relate to myself and then put into a song but I try really to like make sure that I have to believe what I'm saying in order for someone else to believe it so that's that's a really good uh, philosophy, I think, to have whenever you're doing any kind of art, whether it's music, whether it's painting, sculpting, like, you know, people uh, like your audience, your listeners, you know, your observers, like they they tend to know whether or not you're, uh, you know, genuinely proud of the thing that you're writing or, or, or performing. So I, I think you making sure that like you that you create things that you're genuinely proud of and things that you believe in is, is really important. And uh, it did anything that I, I've heard that you, uh, you, you've put out definitely has a very strong narrative quality to it. And, you know, like I pointed out earlier, it definitely sounds like there's a lot of introspection too, which I think, you know, relates to that whole, uh, this is your, your therapy. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I said, like I have to like believe it. And it's funny because sometimes like this happened the other day, actually, when I was practicing, because I just had a show a couple of weeks ago. I was practicing for the show. And like, you know, sometimes like when you're in practice, you just kind of like space out a little bit, you know, you just, yep. you just kind of on autopilot. <laughs> yep. um, I like went through every song and I like, as I was singing it, I was, you know, really focusing on the lyrics and I was reminding myself like why I wrote every song. And it's funny because I noticed I performed it very different, not very differently, but a little differently because I was really remembering the reasoning behind it so that I try, you know, when I get on stage, like I'm not just singing lyrics, like I'm telling a story, you know? So that's one way. Do you feel, let's say like you've written, you wrote a song like five years ago. Uh, if you were to play it now, do you, you know, pointing out the fact that you were just like analyzing the, the lyrics again, do you feel that 
uh, you're able to come back to that that moment, you know, that that snapshot in, in time more objectively. And do you feel that, um, you know, as you go through, you know, go through your life and getting further and further removed from that song that you're able to uh, see that instance or that that snapshot in different, you know, with a different viewpoint? Yeah, um, it's funny. It's kind of like every song is kind of like a time capsule. Um, I think every time I hear a song that I've written a while ago, I definitely will automatically go back into that mindset. And like you said, you know, I might be in that mindset, but then I can look at it from an outside perspective or like a more evolved perspective on whatever that specific song is about. Um, but it's funny. I do. When I listen to old songs, I like have flashbacks of where I was like in that moment in my life, or even where I was like literally when I wrote the song. Um, and then it's nice to like go back and be like, oh, well, I'm past that. <laughs> so. It's crazy how how strongly uh, music can influence us and, you know, uh, basically cement those memories. You know, I imagine you have some songs like you wrote when you were like, what, 14, 15, 16. And like you were to like, oh, let me let me listen to this or let me like uh, let me like play this again. You're just like, oh, wow. I remember where I was during that like math class, you know, yeah, I wrote this but- on my notebook. Yeah, no, definitely. And I like, I remember the first song that I ever like wrote, I think I was like 15. It was the first like cohesive song I wrote on piano. It was called like My Destiny, which was again, very, it was cheesy, but like the music was cool. I think the lyrics were a little cheesy. Again, I was 15. <laughs> Listen, sometimes <laughs> you got to have a little cheese with your wine. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> but um, it's funny because like, I still like this song. Like it's not the greatest song ever, obviously, but I just, I like it because it means something to me. And I was like, Hey, you know, maybe one day I'll like modernize it and tweak it and I'll release it. Yeah. Well, That'd be you know, it, <laughs> I think going back and seeing stuff like that, it, it's, it's really cool to see, you know, especially if you haven't seen it in a, or heard it in like a really long time uh, to see how you've grown. But then like you say, you still have like that strong emotional attachment. It's like, you know, like, having like a childhood you know favorite cartoon or like your favorite toys like you know you're an adult you have like a family you know maybe you have like grandkids like who knows like what stage of life you're in but you still have like that emotional connection to like oh i remember that little like horse thing that i had when i was like three and you're just like this is really cheesy and and you know terrible but like it still has that that special meaning to you and it's it's you know even stuff like that you know being so far removed how strongly like those things that we put that uh emotional context to can can bring stuff uh back to us and like cement those those memories yeah it's pretty cool yeah so alex thank you so much for taking the time to chat i very much appreciate uh you know the fact that you're you know felt comfortable enough to open up about you know your experiences with depression and you know, sharing with us some of the insight of how you've been able to maintain staying on top of everything. You know, it's, I know it's not easy, you know, under any circumstances to really like open up uh, about this kind of stuff. So again, I very much uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And I try, you know, I try to be open with, you know, like mental health of like the way I feel and whatnot, mostly because I don't think I know, when I post things on social media, like I post like a photo of my face and, you know, I'm not always like so happy all the time, but just like understanding that you can still feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean you have to like allow it to take over you. Like try to do something positive, like talk to somebody 
or just do something that you like you love you know if you if you like playing video games and you're feeling kind of down play video games like there's nothing wrong with having like a positive um you know out or like positive thing to do if you're feeling kind of you know down or whatnot but um yeah I mean it's a lot of people I think go through depression anxiety they have a lot of things that go on inside that you might not see you know on the surface but I think it's important to you know, let people know that a lot of people are going through things that you might not say. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. You know, uh, you know, sometimes you don't know, you know, what everyone's going through. So uh, I just want to throw out there, like, just because of that, you might not know what someone's going through, you know, reach out to your friends, loved ones, tell them you love them, you know, give someone a hug, a high five, you know, give them a compliment, you know, who knows, you might make, uh, you might make their day. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I truly believe that the more we have these kind of conversations uh, as a society and the more that we're going to feel comfortable opening up about our struggles and the more that we will help others to realize that they are truly not alone. Everyone has their inner strength to face whatever life puts along their path. So thank you again, Alex, for taking the time to chat. And thank you to everyone that has tuned into this episode. If anyone watching finds that they are struggling with their mental health, please do not be afraid to reach out to your friends, family, or a mental health professional. I'll place a link to, in the description of this video that will have some information and connections to further resources. And until next time, remember, you always have the strength to conquer your battlefield.